0: Um, getting started with ETFs. There are, of course, the large uh, providers of ETFs, advisors of ETFs uh, BlackRock, uh, Stage Street Global, Vanguard. They have a bunch of different free educational uh, resources because they want you to learn about ETFs. And I think that, but when you're first starting with ETFs, you should kind of look at what your objective is first and then construct the portfolio from there. So your objective, you know, your risk, and then look at what your components would be.
1: On this episode of Early Bird, Christopher Day, CEO of Day's Global Advisors. Christopher joins the podcast today to talk about ETFs to buy and avoid in the current markets. Including a deep dive into why Christopher prefers to target ETFs that are uncorrelated to the market today. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird. A free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's Early Bird. And now, today's discussion. All right, Christopher, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing wonderful. Thank you very much. Today, we're going to be talking about the exchange-traded funds, a.k.a. the ETFs that investors should buy or perhaps avoid in the current market. But before we get to that, Christopher, in about 30 seconds or less... Uh, How would you describe you and your your background to our audience?
0: Sure, sure. I've been a a private portfolio manager for about 20 years, and uh, within the last uh, five, I've started to uh, kind of uh, become more of a public portfolio manager, and uh, we actually launched an ETF uh, just this uh, last month uh, called the DGA Absolute Return ETF, and... uh, absolute return has always been my specialty Mm. because I've constructed these portfolios for ultra high net worth and family offices. So so real
1: real quick, what is absolute return just our audience knows?
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, Um, that's always a great one. Absolute return is a way to look at the market. So when you look at the S&P and you look at your returns and say the market's up 17% and then you're up 18%. Well, you've beaten the S&P and you have a relative return of 1%. Uh, Whereas if the market's down, you know, like it was last year, um, 18% or so, and say you were only down 17%, you had a relative return, you beat the S&P once again, but you're still down 17%. So absolute return looks at it completely different. Absolute return says what your return is, year over year, quarter over quarter, that is your return, so mm-hmm. that there's no benchmark associated with it.
1: Interesting. So, mm-hmm. so today, given your background, obviously, with, with, with your ETF, we're going to be talking about ETFs, especially ETFs that investors should either buy or avoid in the current market. I Before we get to that, though, I, let's sort of explain what an ETF is real quick, especially for a few listeners who maybe aren't too familiar with what ETFs are. What What exactly is an ETF in a nutshell, Christopher?
0: Sure, sure. That kind of goes with my background. So uh, my background was uh, in mutual funds. And then the evolution of the mutual fund is now the ETF. Whereas mutual funds, you got a diversified portfolio, but then you probably got priced once a day at the net asset value. But ETFs are different. They're exchange traded funds. That's the acronym. So they're traded on an exchange and they're priced Uh, in real time and you can buy and sell them in real time and you see exactly what you're buying and a lot of them are they're semi transparent ones but the ones that I would say to look for are fully transparent.
1: Fantastic, good, good explanation. So, you know, ETFs are a great way to get involved in the market to invest in a certain type of stocks or equities. Or they have bond ETFs. Um, it's a great way to invest in a particular asset class, maybe a specific industry, or even the entire market. A great way for for all investors of all different experience levels to get involved in the market. Uh, with that being said, you know we're entering a very Odd market. The economy seems strong, but there are still so many issues that some people have with the economy in future months. Um, What kinds of ETFs would you recommend that investors look at as we sit here, the fourth quarter of 2023, and we're about to enter New Year in just just a few weeks? What advice would you give in terms of the types of ETFs that investors should focus on as we uh, enter this
0: time of year? Well. I think that there are cyclical thematic ETFs that you can look for, you know, consumer discretionary versus uh, consumer staples. And there's always that that given flow. But given the kind of uncertain environment that we've been in, um, I think that uh, it's probably best for investors to look for uncorrelated ETFs to the S&P. Because that is a way to... Increase your return without necessarily taking on more risk, and this goes back to the idea of absolute return. It was uh, Ray Dalio; he's the uh, founder of a uh, Bridgewater Associates, uh, largest hedge fund in the world. One of their strategies is called the All Weather Strategy, and that is a strategy where they're picking different asset classes and they're looking for non-correlation because non-correlation helps them reduce the risk. So I would tell your viewers to look for things that are non-correlated. Like one of the ones that I would say right now is Arc. Arc has had an incredible run the last few years and then it has an incredible downturn. But one of the beautiful things about it is its components are not what you find in most indexes. So that creates an opportunity for uncorrelated return and possible outperformance. You're talking about, just
1: so our audience knows, the ARC Innovation Fund, right?
0: Yes, yes, the ARC Innovation Fund by Kathy Woods. Yeah, that's, that's just one example of one. Um, I would say look for ETFs by uh, different active managers, because most likely the ones that people have in their portfolios already are passive core ETFs. And one of the things about constructing your portfolio too passively, especially uh, since last year and going into the future, is... Is that kind of sixty forty? Is it when there's global volatility, all asset classes start to correlate, and so your bonds go down, your stocks go down, and to counter that, you need uncorrelated assets. A lot of times, people say, "Hey, this is commodities," or this is you know, in the ultra net worth category, it's private equity, things like that, but. I think if you're going to construct a portfolio using ETFs, which is a great thing to do, they're very efficient. I think look for non-correlated uh, ETFs to yeah. the rest of your portfolio.
1: So, so, so you're saying you know pick ETFs that are that are uncorrelated to the market. Is that because the market and I guess specifically the S and P 500 right now? You're saying that market is a bit risky uh, given the the environment that we're in.
0: Absolutely, I think over time, of course, the S and is going to go up, but that doesn't mean that uh, there's going to be volatility. I mean, we're entering a period of possible stagflation, which is high interest rates and uh, possibly low growth. So, the areas where you would originally see growth, you know, the S and P, the Nasdaq, the the Dow, those large caps might not provide you that growth. Um, a lot of times. The leaders going into a uh, bull market are not necessarily the leaders coming out of a bull market. Um, There's been a lot of uh, movement in small caps, and there may be some opportunities there as well.
1: So since you're talking about small caps, you're suggesting maybe ETFs that uh, are weighted to the Russell 2000, or maybe ETFs that are weighted to alternative assets like gold or... Um, even cryptocurrency is that sort of what, what you're talking about?
0: Absolutely, yes. You're just looking for the, as those non-correlated assets. Cryptocurrency is a great one, um, as that grace uh, as that the uh, BlackRock. Hopefully, they uh, get their ETF for Bitcoin passed. That's going to be a great asset class um, to uh, to have. That's non-correlated to the rest of the market.
1: Oh, yeah. We, we can go on and on about the, uh, the potentials of a spot <laughs> Bitcoin ETF in, in the US. Hopefully that does get approved in the coming weeks and months ahead. Um, but until then, mm-hmm. you're, you're suggesting really focus on those uh, those types of ETFs out there that aren't just tracking the entire market. And, and you're suggesting also um, active managed ETFs as well. Are, are, are I've read many times over that over the long haul, passive tends to do better than active. But you're saying right now, active is the better place to be
0: I I think so yes um passive I think if your time horizon is 30 50 years and you're going to sit through that volatility yes but I but once again it it depends on your age and what kind of volatility do you want to take because most of the time investors they will sell at the exact worst time if they if they are are uh, uh, trying to manage the portfolio themselves but the thing is is if you have a professional manager who has done it over the years what they can do is if if they can reduce that drawdown which mathematically works in your favor so let's take for instance uh you know an absolute return performance for you know 2022 a lot of them were up so if they were up in 2022 and 60-40 portfolio of both stocks and bonds were down, then that active manager did their job and buffered your portfolio. So you don't have to make up as much in order to break even.
1: Interesting point. When we return, we'll hear from Christopher about the types of ETFs to avoid in today's market and Christopher's outlook for investing in the current market. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So Christopher, today we're talking about the ETFs to buy and avoid in the current market. And you've already given Several great examples of the types of ETFs that investors should consider uh, this time of year in the fourth quarter of 2023. Um, let's talk about some of the ETFs that investors may want to avoid uh, this time of year. What comes to mind?
0: I would say avoid the ones with high multiples. Uh, I would also say uh, there's a, there's been a kind of a trend of global market volatility. So I would avoid uh, emerging markets currently. Hmm. And um, I would also uh, avoid, I guess, uh, what are they called? They are the uh, MLPs, multi-limited partnerships.
1: Okay, but avoid multi-limited partnerships. Uh, one of those, emerging markets, you're, you're seeing some volatility regarding those. Is that sort of why you want to stay away from them right now?
0: Yes, exactly. Usually the U.S. leads. And so if there is a stagnation or uh, increased volatility in the U.S. market, uh, global markets usually suffer uh, worse.
1: Interesting. Interesting. And you mentioned um, earlier in our discussion that you, uh, you should try to pick ETFs that are not correlated to the market. I guess that means that you should avoid those ETFs that are directly tied to the market right now?
0: Exactly. You want to try to avoid it. If depending on how high the global market volatility is, and uh, where we're at economically, everything will start to correlate. But the thing is, is, you know, in a period of where we're at right now, there's still there's still areas where there can be uh, overperformance and non correlation that can reduce risk, but still offer uh, that ability to have some appreciation. Um, Ray Dalio's quote was, if I have 13 uncorrelated assets, I've increased my return by fivefold and decreased my return by three. So it's pure math to have those uncorrelated assets. And that'll also help you to be able to withstand uh, any upcoming volatility
1: you're right about portfolio diversification and just so our listeners are clear any anything specific to your portfolio to your investing decisions please speak to a financial advisor uh, who could better guide you we're just talking here pro- broadly more for entertainment purposes um, but Christopher um, you know as we look at the market you know the economy is doing well but there's still a lot of apprehension from investors going the ETF route is that a way for investors to uh, stay involved with the market, especially the market which has questions today without putting so much risk on it? Is that sort of the strategy here?
0: Yes, correct, correct. Uh, One of the beautiful things about ETFs is that you can choose them by sector, you can choose them by asset class, you can choose them by theme, you can choose them and you can pick your uncorrelated um, uh, assets. And one of the beautiful things about those uncorrelated assets and the reason why you want to do that is because of the rebalancing effect. So the rebalancing effect over time is you start to sell off the assets that are doing well and if they're not and buy the ones that have uh, underperformed and therefore you'll be able to slowly clip a return um, if you do it quarterly or so. I'm sure your, your <laughs> listeners can, can read more about it, but rebalancing over time has a very large effect on a portfolio manager's return.
1: Absolutely, it does. It, it, it could definitely make a big difference over the long haul and help uh, strengthen a portfolio, absolutely. Um, Christopher, what, what is your advice for investors who are new to ETFs? How, how should uh, those investors get started with ETFs?
0: Um, getting started with ETFs, there are... Of course, the large uh, providers of ETFs, advisors of ETFs, uh, BlackRock, uh, Stage Street Global, Vanguard, they have a bunch of different free educational uh, resources because they want you to learn about ETFs. And I think that, but when you're first starting with ETFs, you should kind of look at what your objective is first and then construct the portfolio from there. So your objective, you know. Your risk, and then look at what your components would be.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's sort of how you would sort of look at ETFs. Um, and I guess from a, a broader sense, you know, in this current market, what what is your take about where we are as as investors? Is this still still a good time to be involved as an investor, even with so much uncertainty? It seems.
0: Yes, I think uh, I was always taught that the best time to invest was yesterday, and the next best time is now. <laughs>
1: That is a great saying to go by. Uh, you you, <laughs> uh, you always want to try to be connected to the market in some way. Um, cool. Um, Christopher, thank you, thank you so much for coming on the Early Bird podcast and discussing um, ETFs, exchange-traded funds, everything investors need to know about those, and specifically as we enter this current market, the types of ETFs to buy, and to avoid it's it's such a tricky subject so thank you so much for for your incredible insights but before we wrap up the podcast christopher i just have one final question and it's the most important question for today's discussion that question for you Mm -hmm. christopher is if you have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life what would it be time interesting why time you didn't you didn't even hesitate for that one but why time
0: Oh, yeah. Well, in finance and, and in life, you know, the more time you have time, it's time value of money. You can you can create wealth. You can create anything else if you have enough time. Like, say, you're a baby. Uh, you know, they used to have these things called baby bonds. Well, let's say if we were able to, which we are, but, you know, that's a political discussion. If we were able to give every kid born $5,000 bond and invested it just in the S&P, not, not even any more fancy investing they would have a retirement by the time they're uh, ready to retire. Oh, wow. And that's because of time.
1: The power of the market and the power of time. Interesting. Yes, sir. Thank you again to Christopher Day for sharing your insights on ETFs. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.